Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. It's truly a joy to be back. I, I, we, every five years, uh, I'm required, I guess, to do... I, I, every five years, I do 10 weeks. So five years ago, I did 10 weeks. Uh, that time, I did 47 churches in 10 weeks. This time, I didn't make that goal. Uh, at the end of the first time I did that five years ago, I said I'd never do it again. I did it again. At the end of this one, I said I'll never do it again. And maybe I will, but it won't be for five more years. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, we visited eight states and, I don't know, 30-some churches. And yeah. And then, by the way, in the middle of it all, I decided to come back and be here for, Bali, for, for Ravi for the week. And so, yeah, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's over with. Um, let me say this, that, uh, you know, of all the churches I went to, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because they're giving me 73 minutes to speak and they keep changing it as we go. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, out of all the churches, actually, to be honest with you, I just love worshiping here. I enjoy worshiping here. It, maybe it's just because I feel like family, but I love the way the guys lead us in worship. I get blessed by it and you know, even in the Bahasa, I was enjoying it fully and thoroughly. Um, let me say something about uh, Ravi, because I'm real excited about that. It, it was an honor to have him here, and I'm really glad I came back. Uh, uh, but not so much because, you know, I got to meet him. That really, uh, yeah, it's a blessing. It's an honor, of course. But uh, he was really blessed. Uh, he was really blessed. He definitely has said, he has said he's definitely coming back. But what I really like is that he, his organization is now uh, partnering with us. And last uh, Thursday or yesterday, Friday, I I don't know what day it is. I'm jet lagged like crazy. Um, But on Friday, we met with his organization and they want to start doing um, classes here at the IC Center uh, in, in, in some deep, uh, really good stuff. And like, uh, and you'll hear more about it, but I mean, first of all, the, it's like a 12 week course and they're talking like a hundred dollars, which is, and we're talking world-class speakers that they want to have. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm like, you sure? That sounds, but they want to do it. And so we're really excited about it. So we'll, you'll hear more about that. I'm, I'm just thrilled that because my vision and dream for this place. I, can I, I'll say that I don't want a church. Okay. I know that sounds stupid. I, I want, I want, I want a bright light to just shine from this place. I, honestly, you know, like we, we don't want this just for, you know, ICC and IFGF. We want this for everybody in Bali. We want to be a light to Bali and beyond. And so we want to open this place up for things that everybody can go to. That's really our heart's desire. And this thing that, you know, that Ravi wants to do is not just going to be for us. It's going to be for, you know, all the church community and beyond. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and I'm talking on and on. But I haven't talked in a long time here, so I get to talk a long, right? I add it all up, right? Ten minutes for every week I was gone. That gives me a hundred minutes. No. Uh, okay. But I will say this, that I'm extremely excited to be back. And about six weeks ago or so, I was just in prayer and meditating and, and, and just reading some scripture. And I just got overwhelmed by this subject. And that's what I want to speak on this morning. I was just 
overwhelmed by the subject of the bride of Christ. Now, who, who knows who the bride of Christ is? Anybody know? Yeah, I'm looking at it, right? I'm looking at them. And, the bride, and I want to talk about the bride of Christ, but I want to start out by... And, and the funny part about it is that uh, yesterday, I didn't realize the timing of it all. I did a wedding, and so my whole time during the wedding, I just kept thinking about... Uh, you know, what I was going to speak on. Now, I'm probably going to get excited, so I'm looking over at the translation booth. I can't see, I can't see them, but they can see me. Somehow, just raise your hand or make a noise if I start going too fast, because I, when I get excited, I do. But uh, let's read Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Then I heard what seemed to be a thunderous voice of a great multitude. How many want to hear that voice? How many want to hear that sound? The sound of a thundering of thousands of voices, right? Hey, you know what? Let's try it right now. We don't have a thousand here, but we can make a thunderous sound, right? Amen? Are you guys awake? Because I'm ready to go, okay? All right, so what I want us to do uh, is I want us to, 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 okay, you know, in like, in, in a, in a um, like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, a sports fan. I'm a sports fan, and, uh, you know, uh, when my team scores a goal, you know, I get loud. I remember one night I was watching, it was late at night. Actually, I was watching in a bed. Carol was sleeping next to me and my team, uh, made a thunderous mistake that cost them the victory. I mean, it was simple and it was just when they, and I jumped out of the bed and screamed. That was the last time my wife allowed me to watch a ball game in the bed. So I want us all to one more time. Would you just stand up? Let's just make a thunderous. It it says uh, that they shouted hallelujah. So with everything in us, the biggest primal scream we could ever scream, I want us to shout hallelujah five times, okay? All right, can we do that? All right. Five times. It doesn't matter if it's all in order. It's just, I don't mind because I have a feeling a thunderous voice will be crazy, okay? So let's just, let's just think about who the Lord is. Let's just think about how wonderful He is, how amazing He is, what He has done for you and me. Only, he's only given us eternal life forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? Okay, so on three, five times, thunderous roar, one two, three. Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Now just, uh, you may be seated, just picture yourself with new bodies, with perfect pitch, with power like you've never had before in your lungs, right? It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. Amen? That's what's going on. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm not really sorry. Okay. For the Lord God, our God, the mighty God reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory because the wedding celebration of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Fine linen. Uh, shining bright and clear has been given to her to wear. And the fine linen represents the righteous deeds of the holy believers. 
Then the angel said to me, write these words down. Wonderfully blessed are those who were invited to the feast and the wedding celebration of the Lamb. And then he said to me, these are the true words of God. The Lord has decided to be our husband. Amen? Now, you know, men, get used to it. You are a bride. If you love Jesus, he made you a bride. And you're going to have a really fancy white dress to wear. But I'm excited about that. And so one of the things, if, if you look in the Bible, it's everywhere in the Bible about the bride. It's all over the place. And, and, in, and some of the meaning, we, we tend to miss some of the meaning of things because we don't understand the culture of the day. And so today I just want to talk about the, the background and show you how the background of the culture of the Jewish wedding so represents what is going to happen to us. And, and to me, it just excites me. It thrills me to know that, that this is exactly... So when, when Jesus was saying this, they had a picture in their mind. So I'm trying to put that picture in your mind. Because the wedding is coming. Can I get an amen? It's coming soon. Can I get an amen? How many are looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus who will take us home? Wow. Wow. Okay. It says in uh, Isaiah 54, it says, you, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of all the earth, that is what they call him. He is your husband. Amen? He will be your husband. And so in, 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 the, in, in that time of day, during when Jesus was, was on earth and, and during that time, there was a certain thing that happened throughout uh, the wedding. And so I want to just talk about it. And the first thing I want to read from Ezekiel. Listen to this. This is such a beautiful verse. It says out of Ezekiel, it says, now the Lord is speaking. It says, when I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you are at the age for love. I spread out the corner of my garment and I covered you in your nakedness. And I made a vow to you and I entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord, and you became mine. So like, here's the picture. Jesus came walking by you and he didn't do this. He didn't like, let's say he was walking by you. He didn't do this. Okay. What he did when he walked by you, he walked by and went, Woo! Wow! I'm falling in love. That's what it says. It says when he walked by you, he looked at you and he fell in love. You remember? Have you ever had this point where, you, where you're in your life, like you have an infatuation, you know, especially when you're, you know, younger, all of a sudden, you know. You know, yeah, come on, right? All of a sudden, you just kind of see that girl's like, oh, baby, I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? But you just like, but that's what happened. That's what Jesus did when he saw you. Woo! And it says, it says in that verse, when he passed by you, 
He saw that you were right of the right age and he fell in love with you. And then it says, he took his garments and he covered your nakedness. And he saw you in a lot of ways. You were naked, full of shame. And he took his garments and he covered you and he covered your shame. The Lord's garments are his glory. He took his glory and he covered you with his glory. Woo! And said, I am going to make a vow to you. I'm going to make a vow to you. Oh, okay. Let me just let me just say it this way. Okay. This is sometimes what happens. Now, this is a total opposite. Forgive the translation. I'm changing subjects. I'll go back. This is what happens a lot of times to us. Let's say, let's say uh, God tells me to pray for someone. Let's say I have to pray for you, right? Let's say you, you are sick, okay? And I have to pray for you. This is a lot of times what we do. I have to pray now. Lord, you know, just, Lord, I haven't had a chance to really pray this week. And, you know, I haven't really been living right. So, Lord God, I ask you to cleanse me and help me. And, you know, and because and I know that, like, can I, can I say something? When you're praying for someone, God doesn't really care about you. He is in complete love with this person. His eyes are fully on this person. And he's not worried about you. In the same way, when God walked by you and saw your nakedness, stop looking at your nakedness and look at the glory he clothed you with. You keep saying, I don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve. You know what? He says, I don't care what you deserve. I want you. I want you. And he fell in love with you. From the moment he saw you, he said, I am in love and I can't get out of it. And then he seals his love. And so what would happen in, 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 in the time of the Jewish, uh, you know, the Jewish customs is some guy, you know, he would be uh, in a village somewhere or in a place and he would, just like the Lord, he would see a, a woman and he'd go, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. And so what they would do is his family would meet with the other family. Now we know this happens. His family would meet with the other family and then they would decide to make an agreement and it would be an agreement with a dowry, with a payment, right? With a payment. And they would come to this covenantal agreement. And so picture this, picture this, because, because like what would happen is, you know, the other family, the, 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 the girl's family is like, Ooh, what, what am I going to get? Four pigs? Am I going to get six cows? What am I getting? Right? What am I getting? And there would be a negotiation that would happen. And eventually they would come to an agreement. But let me tell you, when the Lord did this, let me tell you how fast the negotiations went. Okay, let me tell you how fast. So here's the richest, most powerful person ever in the whole history of everything. More money, more everything than you could ever imagine. And here is a woman who is naked and poor and has nothing. That's us. 
Imagine this negotiation. Okay, so here's, here's the family that is like poor and got nothing. Boy, we're, we're going to get something out of this. Getting something. Let's just say they were selfish. We're going to get something out of this. And here's how the negotiation goes. Jesus comes in. I saw something yesterday that was so beautiful. I want to just explain and then you'll understand. Yesterday, Matthew and Ashley got married and, and they, they're really in love. They're so in love. It's so beautiful. And I remember I was standing up front. I, I get the best seat in the house at these weddings. And I was standing there and, and, and Matthew was standing there. And the bridesmaid came down, you know, and he, he's, he, he look at him, you know, nothing big, you know, just look at him. All of a sudden, because there was stairs, all of a sudden, Ashley, she walked around and she came to the top of the stairs and their eyes met. Like we're talking locked. Like, and all of a sudden, uh, Ashley's face just began to light up with smile and and Matthew started so I started praying for Ashley because she had to walk down the stairs and I'm like she's gonna fall because she's not paying attention she's just got her eyes on one thing and one thing only and he Matthew never took his eyes off her the whole way down he just kept staring at her smiling at her see that's that's probably how the negotiations began when Jesus walked in the room to get ready to buy you He didn't care what was being said. His eyes were locked upon you and only looking at you. And and so they walk in the room and he's just looking right at us. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, what's the dowry going to be? And here's how it went. Jesus out of his mouth said, you get everything. I will even die for you. Everything I own is yours. No more negotiations there. It's over. Why would you ask for more? He has everything. And when he looked at you, when he looked down at you, he said, everything. I give you everything. I am so much in love with you. You have even my life. I will give to you. That was the dowry. That was the payment. I was bought with a price. And that price was so amazing, so spectacular, so out of this world that I get everything. I get everything forever and ever and ever because he loves me. I don't know about you, but that is a wonderful, wonderful arrangement for me. Isn't it a wonderful arrangement for you? Aren't you glad that that's what the Lord did for you? Right. And so this is what the Lord did. He paid the price completely for you and has given you everything that he has, everything that he owns. Now, what would happen in the Jewish culture at that point is, oh, you know what? I think I probably have uh, some good verse to read. Let me see if I got one. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons, so shall your sons marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so is your God rejoicing over you. I, I read that because after the negotiations, this is the discussion as Jesus leaves the room. I got the best deal in the whole wide world. This blows my mind. That he looks down at me and thinks he got the deal. I married up. I married way up when I get married to Jesus. But he thinks he gets the deal. That's how much he is in love with you. 
That's how much he wants to give his life for you. And then, it's, and then what happens is, after this covenantal agreement is made uh, in, 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 the, in the culture, the groom would go back to his city. He would go back to his city, and he would begin to prepare a place for his bride. That's why in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. And he was, the, 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 the son would go back, and he would begin to, to prepare a, a place for his bride. And like, if you know anything about the, the Bible, or you know this, but if you don't, the background was the son was not allowed to come back to get his bride until the father says it's time. That's a beautiful thought. This is why when Jesus was talking about this in the Bible, they were getting this imagery. It was just coming to them. Like when, when in the book of Acts, when, when the, when the, in, in, in Acts chapter 1, when the disciples said, is now the time, you know, uh, is now the time that the kingdom will come and you'll take it over? And he's like, the times are in the Father's hand, not mine. And in Matthew chapter 23, I believe it is, he says it again. He says, I, the Father knows. I don't know what the time is. Only the Father knows what time. And so he's back there preparing a place for you. And that time is determined by the Father. Now, what would happen is that when he was away, right? I'm going to talk about the bride in a minute. But when he was away, the bride didn't know when he was coming back. The village did not know when he was coming back. And so when he would return, he would bring all his buddies with him and he'd blow the trumpet and he'd make all kinds of noise saying, I'm coming for my bride. That's why in First Thessalonians it says, the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and we will also rise with him and we will meet him in the air and then we will be taken away where the celebration of the wedding happens. See, in, in, in that time, they understood all that. Now we kind of don't understand this. But just remember, as we are waiting, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. As we are waiting, the Lord is preparing. And I remember, I just want you to know, I believe this is how the Lord feels. When I was a young boy, and, and I decided to marry the most beautiful woman in the world. Sorry, ladies, you all com- you just pale in comparison. I know some of the husbands will punch me now because we will fight about who is the better wife. That's okay, I like that. Right? Your wife is better than mine? No. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. That's what's supposed to work, right? I remember when I was getting married and I was standing there and, and my best man was next to me and I was standing there and, and like the bridegrooms, and all of a sudden they had the doors closed and, and then they opened the doors and there was Carol. You know, and, and all of a sudden I just started going, <laughs> I just like started bouncing and I was getting all excited and, and my, my, my best man put his hand on my shoulder and he said, calm down. And the Holy Spirit, I had, a, I had a, a, a Holy Spirit moment at that time because all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and he says, that's how I feel about my bride. That's how excited and how anxious I am to see him and to see you to come and get you. He is not sitting up there. Trust me, he's not sitting up there. Calm. He keeps asking the Father every day, every minute. Is now the time I can have my bride? 
is now I can come. He wants to come. He desires to come. He's looking forward to being with us. And, 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 and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But, but that's the position that the, that the bridegroom has. He's preparing a place for us. He is completely in love with you. He has made a vow and covenant with you that, you know, will not change. We said it today. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's not moving. Now, now you got what you got. Now you got the other side. And that is the bride is waiting. The bride is us. And we are waiting for his return. And there are signs that the bride exists. You know, it was so funny today as they were leading uh, worship. You know, the worship team will call or they'll text and they'll say, you know, hey, what are we wearing today? You know, let's like at least match colors or at least be close. And so, you know, they'll throw out different options. And, you know, there are certain people that always, the, every time, black. They, I don't know why they like to wear it, but everything is black. But, you know, so anyways, this morning it was kind of greenish, if you noticed. But if you notice closely on the stage, and uh, you notice closely on the stage, Everybody was matching, but there were two who were exactly the same. They were wearing exactly the same pants, the same shirt, and the same coat. Pastor Jessica and her husband, Steve. See, there are signs in this world that the bride exists and so my question is, well, what we're going to talk about is what are those signs? What is going on? Are we showing signs that we are the bride? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When the dowry is given, when the payment is given, right? Do you know what that payment is for? It's so that the bride can begin to prepare themselves to becoming the proper bride that he wants to be. See, so they give the dowry so that the bride can begin to make herself ready. And what has the Lord given us? He's given us some amazing stuff to get us ready. Now, I, I, yeah, let's just read it. Thank you for beating me. I'm, I was heading up here to do it. Come on, you. It says... To, she is to make herself holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word. That's one thing that the Lord has given us to help us get ready so that we can prepare to be the proper bride. You see, when the Lord gave us what we needed at the dowry time, what has he given us? Well, first, he gave us the word of God. He said, oh, by the way, by the way, here's a love letter that you can have and you can learn all about me while I'm away preparing a place for you. You can read all about me, learn all about me while I'm away. Second thing he's given us is he's given us the Holy Spirit. 
You know, I think that's amazing. When he, he gave us the Holy Spirit, depositing the Holy Spirit into us, guaranteeing our inheritance in the future. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can live this life right now and prepare. See, I, there's a verse, the Bible says, when I return, will I find faith on this earth? Let me say it a different way. When the Lord comes back to get you, will he find himself in a strange place? Or will it be, oh, I've been here many times. Every day I've been in this place with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, is he going to all of a sudden come into your home and go, it's been a long time since I've been in this house. Or is he going to walk in the house and say, man, yesterday, today, forever, man, now it's time to go. He's going to pull you up. He's going to say, it's time to go. We've been talking from a distance for a while. You know, we didn't need cell phones. It was in your heart. You heard my voice. But now, guess what? You get to be with me forever. Is he going to be familiar? Are you going to know his voice? Are you going to be surprised at his coming? Or is, are you going to be like the women with the oil waiting? What are we doing? Are we showing signs of the bride. Now, can I, I was so convicted this morning as I was praying about this, the Lord gave me another little truth and, and then smacked me in the head, said, Donald, that you need, that's for you. You know, like, so when I speak this, it's for me too. When he came into that house and made that, and made that payment to me, he gave me everything. He said, here, this is so that you can prepare for my coming. And sometimes I've squandered that. Sometimes I've used what he's given me for other lovers. He wants a bride without spot or wrinkle. He wants a bride who's pure and holy. Don't you want that? Don't you want your spouse that way? Don't you want the person you're with to be that way? How much more our Heavenly Father has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He doesn't want a bride with wrinkles. Let's not squander what He's given us on other lovers. I know that's tough, but it's truth. I want him to be proud when he sees me. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want him to say, yes, you have been my lover all these years. I've watched you and and I'm so happy that we're together forever and ever. Thank you for preparing yourself. It says, fine linens, the fine linens represent the righteous deeds well, the righteous, oh, I'll go back here. I got it here. No, I don't. I'm all, I'm all mixed up. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Fine linen represents the righteous deed of the holy believers. The righteous deeds. That's how we clothe ourselves with fine linen. We walk a righteous and holy life. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Word of God. You know what else he's given us? He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you a community of believers to help you walk this life together so that you can encourage one another to faith and good works. You can help each other and protect each other 
See, He's done that for us. And these are the signs. These are the signs of the bride. The ones who are, are hungry to read the love letters. The ones who are, are, are using the Holy Spirit to, to, to shine His glory to the world. The, the ones who say, listen, I'm not going to waste the stuff that God has given me. I'm going to use it for His glory. This is how we learn how to be a spouse. Finally, Well, I'll just say it this way. I was, I was uh, one, one night, uh, my, my wife was in the States and I was here and I got invited to dinner with a family. And, uh, you know, I'm a punctual guy. I get, I, I get there on time. Uh, and, you know, and so I got there. Of course, I was on time and that family was late. And it was one of those restaurants that like, you know, they have the place to eat. And then there's like kind of a bar area, you know. So I didn't like, you know, I didn't know how many of the family were coming or anything. So I can't, so I, I was just standing like kind of near the bar, just waiting for them to come in. And as I was standing there, all of a sudden, this, uh, this really pretty young girl walks up to me and starts talking to me. So you know what I did? I started telling how much in love with my wife I am. I started talking about my wife, how beautiful she is, how much I love her. I just kept talking about her over and over again. And while I'm talking to her, by the way, I was just SMSing my wife. Hey, Carol, just want you to know I'm in a restaurant and this girl is talking to me. I just, <laughs> Please pray for me. <laughs> See, you know, I, I, you, you've heard the joke, and, and, and I'm not going to, after this message, since, I, since I've been meditating, I'm not going to even say this anymore because it's so opposite of the truth. Have you ever noticed like sometimes when we talk about a marriage, you know, we say to the guy, oh, you're getting ready for your ball and chain. You know, it's time for you to get your ball and chain ready. Now you're going to be, you know, now you're like almost like you're in a cage or something or, you know, like you're in. It is exactly the opposite in Christ. When the Lord put his dowry and payment on you, that bride was like, I am now free. I am taking care for life. I don't have to worry about a thing because I am my beloved and he is mine. His right arm is under my neck. His left arm embraces me. He is with me forever. I am now free of cares. Woo, totally opposite. Marriage with the Lord is not bondage. It's absolutely the opposite. It's complete and total, if I could say it this way, carefree freedom. That's the most beautiful thing I could ever think of. And so a sign of a bride would be someone after they got betrothed, after they know that they are marrying the richest in the world, the most powerful in the world, they would be talking about him all the time. I am his. He is mine. Look what he gave me. Check the ring out. Check the Holy Spirit out. Check the words out that he gave me. Look how much he has said he loves me. He is my beloved and I am his. Just like Ashley and, and Matthew yesterday. When I used to talk to them, they would used to, I mean, I would get Ashley talking about Matthew and she would just ramble on and on and on and on. I think we, we miss that sometimes in our marriages, but we don't miss it. Uh, I'll say it this way. I don't miss it with my grandkids. You get me talking about Renee and Nina, and I will talk about Nina forever. Did you know that Nina is the smartest kid that was ever born in life? 
Every grandparent will say that. You know, I remember my father one time talking about his great-grandson, you know, a little kid. He was like, that kid's so smart. He used this word. And it was just like a basic word. But my, they, he was just so, and you get him talking, he will talk all day because he is so in love with his grandchildren. This is supposed to be in our heart for our Savior. We should be talking about him all the time. And oh, by the way, if you're talking about him, Evil tends to walk away, just like that girl walked away just after a few minutes of me standing there because I just kept talking about how wonderful my wife was, how much I loved her, how much she meant to me, how much my kids meant to me, how in love, I, I, I mean, I just said, I'm just so thankful. I'm there. I just kept going on and on about how beautiful she was, how amazing she was, and this girl was no longer interested in me. This is what will happen in the world as you begin to proclaim who he is, the world will no longer be interested in you and evil will not attack you. Now, last thought. When the Lord comes back, I just want you to understand when he comes back, it says when he comes back, there's going to be fire in his eyes. When the Lord comes back, there will be judgment in his hand. But let me tell you, the judgment will not be on you. The judgment will be on what has hurt you. Everything that has hurt the bride, he's coming. And he's going to devour and destroy it. Because he does not like his bride to be hurt. That's how much he loves you. And when he comes back, he's... It's like this. You mind, Pastor Jason? It's like this. Jason's here, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus coming back. He's going to, excuse me if I do, he's going to go, get out of the way. i got to kill these things. And he's just going to push you out of the way, and he's going to start doing some damage. Amen? He's going to start killing that which was trying to kill you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares. And, and sometimes it's kind of scary. You know, if I'm coming at you, and I've got this fire in my eyes. You're like, oh no, he's coming to get me. No, he's not. He is coming to get you, but he's not coming to hurt you. Come on. He's coming to take you home. When he takes you home, it's so funny. You know, in, in, in John chapter 14, it says, and you guys, worship team, come on out. And the, and he, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, when we were youngins, uh, youngins, when I was like, first got saved in the 1980s, so, so you, yeah, <laughs> we used to sing some funny songs, some really funny songs. I mean, they were really funny. Uh, but, you know, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop, right? I mean, you know, yeah, I used to laugh at those songs. I was a rock and roll, and I'm like, what are we doing? But... We used to say, you know, he has a mansion for us. I have a mansion. You know what? If you really want to know, because he's been preparing this place for now 2,000 years. And if you want to know what that place looks like, it's Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. He's not making a room for you. He's not making a place for you. 
He's not making a mention for you. He is making a completely brand new world for you with gold streets, with leaves for the nations, the healing of the nations, with the, the river flows out of the throne of God. And when you touch it, woohoo! He is making something so glorious for you and me, a place to live that I don't know why we think this place is nice. I mean, we think Bali is pretty. It's nothing. It, you go find the most beautiful place in the world. It isn't even close to the place that he's making for you and for me. This is how much he loves you. You are his bride. Now, before we said, I have decided to follow Jesus. See, can, can, I, can I borrow you for a minute? Can I borrow you for a minute? See, what happened yesterday was Matthew was here and Ashley was here and that's how they stood. And, 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 and like I do this often, I used to say, repeat after me, you know, uh, you know, I, Jason, take you, you know, Angie. Yeah, see, now he's doing it right. A lot of times they look at me and I say, you're not saying it to me. You're saying it to her. It yeah, it happens often. And they locked eyes And they said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. And you know what? We usually say, as long as we both shall live. But what the Lord is, and I will live with you forever. They did it willingly. They did it. Go ahead, kiss. Yeah, baby. Wait, but you're not done yet. What are you talking about? They did it willingly. They did it, you know, between each other without hesitation. And they did it in front of people publicly saying, we declare our love one for another. Okay, you guys can sit now. When Jesus did it, he did it willingly, publicly, and in front of everyone And it says, for the joy set before him. This is what he did. To say, I want my bride. Now in churches, we tend to do the, you know, every eye closed and every head bowed. You know, and if you want to accept Jesus, raise your hand. We're not going to do that today. Today we're going to do it like a marriage. And if you've, I want to start out by saying, if you've never publicly stood up and said, I am Jesus's, I am the bride. If you've never said, I want Jesus, if you've never done that in public, then I want you to do it now if you want to do it. So if you want that, I want you, would you be willing to stand with everybody watching? You do it publicly, just like Jesus did it for you. Is there anybody here that wants to public, publicly, for the first time ever, confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior? Is there anyone? If it is you, just stand. Okay, secondly, is what they call a renewal. I've done renewal weddings, 25th renewal wedding, 30 years, 10 years. Never done a five years, usually. They're still on their honeymoon at that point. 
But if you would like to renew your commitment to Jesus publicly and say, you know what, today I want to renew my commitment to saying I'm going to love him all the days of my life. If that's you, I want you to stand. I'm going to ask you to just stay standing for a minute. Because once, when, 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 the, when the groom came in to the family and negotiated the price and the agreement was there, when they made the agreement, do you know what they used to do? The woman and the man would sit at a table and they would have a glass of wine together. That's communion. So what we're going to do is for those, every, everyone's going to get a chance to receive communion. But for those that are standing, I want to give you the first privilege to come and receive communion and say, today I have decided to renew and follow him with all my heart. He is my beloved and I am his. And so if you're standing, please come and receive.